Boy B Moore joined by my co-host Rustin Stewart, and this is the From New York to the Shot Podcast, episode six. Russ, how you doing, man? Feeling good. Show number six, baby. Wow, man. We've been at this for like what seven weeks now, right? Yeah, man. And and I see you, you you've been back in New York for about a week at this point. So have you have you been getting situated? You back in your routine and everything? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, New York is not the same due to the, you know, pandemic and everything, but it's easy to kind of just fall right back into that New York lifestyle, you know? So yeah. it was like, it only took me like a day. I'm back in it, man. I'm back in that New York, Brooklyn way. Back in the New York state of mind. I like that. That's what's up. So yeah, Russ, I wanted, to, I wanted to just let you know, man, uh, last episode, you gave us a recommendation and it was really quick. So if you weren't paying attention, you might've missed it, but you gave, uh, uh, when we were talking about the movies, you gave a recommendation for this movie, Sylvie's Love. And I just wanted to let you know, man, I, I watched it last night. It was a good movie, man. Quality movie. Right, man. It was good, man. Uh, so I know the director of the movie, is, he's an owner of one of the restaurants we frequent on the Upper West Side, Eugene ash and he's doing his thing man i was so proud of him because that was a well done film man it just showed black love and it was it was amazing so i definitely recommend anybody that hasn't seen it go out and check that one out man yeah and it stars tessa thompson who is an actress from one of my favorite movies creed so I liked that connection uh so i just wanted to let you know i checked that movie out that was a good one and there's another recommendation that you gave a couple of episodes ago, Rush. You gave an episode for a television show, uh, Your Honor, that airs on Showtime. And Correct. I've been watching this, and I just wanted to get your opinion very quickly. Brian Cranston, he is the protagonist or the main character of the story. And I just wanted to get your opinion. Are you rooting for him? Because I'm watching this show and he's a horrible person. Like he, everyone he comes in contact with, basically their life gets destroyed. So just because he's the main character of the show, are you rooting for this guy or is it just me? Because me and my girlfriend got in like this heated debate on whether we should root for this guy because I hate him. She's rooting for him. So what do you think? Oh man, you're gonna you're not gonna like me after this one, B. You're gonna be a little upset with me. But I'm rooting for him just because he at the end of the day, he's trying to protect his son, right? And I don't have a son, you don't have a son, but I feel like if I'm trying to protect my son or my daughter, I'm going to go to the end of the earth to try to protect them. You know, you can tell that he's definitely having reservations on the things that he's doing, but it's all for his son, man. And, and that love is strong, man. Definitely a strong love. So it's so it's just me. I just wanted to confirm that it was just me. I'm the only one who, who hates this guy and who's rooting against him. OK, that's fine. So <laughs> let's move on. Let's get into our main topic, Russ. Um, and before we get into this topic, I just want to put a disclaimer. I just want to give a quick disclaimer. Neither Rustin nor I claim to be experts. We're not experts we don't have all the answers we don't think we know it all but i think this is a good topic and i think it will spark a healthy debate so 
let me that's all we're trying to do like i like that that be like we're not experts this is a this is something fun that we do that we're doing uh we're actually you know putting research into what we're saying we're not just coming up and you know talking about random stuff so there is you know some research behind what we're doing but yeah we're just trying to get these debates started and and entertain you guys you know russ i know for a fact because i've been there to visit you in new york many times so i know that you have a great group of friends there uh you have a great group of black men who support you you guys stick together you guys have each other's back and that's there in new york city mutually since we went to college together we mutually have a great group of friends who are all black men we've grown up together and we have each other's backs we support each other and if we ever need to talk or you know anything we i know that we are there for each other and that's very comforting to have so with that being said the topic that we're going to discuss today is do black men support each other the way we should or do we often kind of deal with each other with a spirit of competition let me just say this there could be many historical reasons dating all the way back to slavery why we would have a feeling of competition towards each other i mean we know how going dating back to slavery there the slave masters divided us you had the house negro and the field negro and then even further on in black history when slavery was over you still had the kind of competition between light-skinned blacks and dark-skinned blacks so we know the historical aspect so we're not talking about that necessarily we're just bringing it back to today's society and my question is when it comes to issues of status money women being more athletic who has more style you know do we have a competitive do we have more of a competitive attitude with each other in terms of supporting each other and then you can even take it a step further when it goes to the workforce you know for any black man in america for the most part if you're working in a corporate setting or a corporate job nine times out of ten you're not going to be the majority you're going to be in the minority so usually we kind of feel like there's only enough room for maybe one or two black men to be in a leadership position like there's not really a ton of room at the top for a lot of black men to succeed so i feel like sometimes you know you only get this one or two and then everyone else has to fall in line so there's an uh, issue of competition there so i just want to ask you russ what your feelings are do you feel like black men support each other as much as we should or do you feel like there is a sense of competition and competitiveness between us um that's a great question b i, I think um what you said in the question right about going back to slave times and you know the master saying like the light skins black people are in the house and you know the dark-skinned blacks are out in the field working and you know one of my favorite songs by jay-z is the story of oj and he talks about that right so right. i think with that you know they tried it because if we come together we could have possibly over you know came that master that slave master right but they want to divide us so we can't move forward and i think a lot of that has stayed in our culture you know, to where 
you know, you're walking down the street and you may see another black man. And instead of saying, hey, what's up, man? Or what's up, brother? You know, he's like mean mugging you or looking you up and down. And, you know, I think that, you know, during that time of the George Floyd and all the killings that was happening to innocent black men, I did feel a sense. I felt a switch. You know, I felt that, you know, when I saw a black man on the street, it was that, what's up, brother? You know, because we needed to come together during those times because that shit was heavy. So I definitely saw that switch and and it's continuing. You know, I, I really try to do my best on speaking to, you know, black men when I'm walking to the subway or when I'm out in the community. And I think that we just need more of that because in order to get you further along, me further along. It's, I mean, we can't do it by ourselves. Yeah, and I remember back when we were in college, you know, if you, especially being at Mizzou, where at the time, you know, it was maybe like 30,000 people on campus. And out of those 30,000 people, maybe 1,200 of them were black. So whenever you saw a black face or another black guy, you would, you know, if not say hello and try to get to know that person, you would give the head nod or, you know, you would definitely acknowledge. But I feel like as we got out of a collegiate setting and back into the real world, there's more of a competitive aspect to where, you know, you'll have your group of guys who you hang with, who, you know, as are part of your crew. But if there's another crew, you know, we just don't really come together. And uh, I've seen it more so in the workplace to where there have been a lot of black men who have been very supportive. But there's this other group to where they want to see you do well, but they don't want to see you do too well. Like, I want my brother to be successful. Right. Better than them. Right. I want my brother to be successful and I want him to succeed and to represent us well. But at the same time, I want to be better than him. I want them to say when it comes to black guys, oh, he's the cream of the crop. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just us all rising up together and lifting each other up and supporting each other. So I just feel like I would like to see a lot more unity with our communities. I would like to see us support each other in different projects and, you know, different business ventures that we have. I feel like we also kind of keep a lot of things to ourselves. I think we've had a conversation before to where True. you were like, you know, if you're working on something, you kind of keep it to yourself because you don't want someone else to sabotage it. Subconsciously, subconsciously hate, you know? So that's something that I've been kind of dealing with where, you know, I tell people, you know, I tell friends and, you know, I may tell family you know, things that are coming up or, you know, goals or possibilities that may, may happen for me. And I didn't get it. Right. And I was so close in getting it, but it didn't happen for me. So, you know, I've been reading and, you know, just reading a lot about just keeping your accomplishments to yourself or the things that you're working on to yourself, because, you know, that same person that you think has, you know, your full, their full support, they really don't, right? And they're really wanting you to fail, but will mask it by saying, oh, Russ, man, I definitely feel, man, I, I, you got this, go for it. But behind closed doors, they're not rooting for me. So, you know, I just kind of made a switch with myself that I'm just going to kind of keep everything a little bit more private, you know? And then when things, 
you know, jump off like they supposed to, right? After, you know, the success comes or it's out there, then I can share it. But going through the process, you know, I need as much positive energy coming, flowing my way. And I just kind of got to keep it, keep it at home. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that is lacking, you know, and, and this is by no means across the board. I'm not trying to make a general statement because I think for the most part, and I just want to make sure I emphasize that I think for the most part, black men do support each other. But I think there is just room for more. I think there's room for more support. And I think that it's definitely it's been well documented that we do compete with each with each other because that's where the whole phrase, the whole hip hop term hater came from, you know, being a hater, right. you know, like we invented that topic. You know, we you know, we're the trailblazers and the tastemakers, you know, of, of culture, especially hip hop culture, you know. So, you know, when it comes to these new words and these new terms, like we invented the term hater. And that was because there was someone hating or someone competing with someone else. So it's definitely there. And I just want to just kind of bring this topic up and I just want to like put it out there for debate. So maybe our listeners can debate among themselves and and if they find that they see this happening, maybe they will, you know, try to make trick check themselves or try to make the change to be more supportive. Because sometimes I think it's it's a subconscious thing, you know, like we have been kind of conditioned to compete with each other at times. And we've been conditioned to feel like there is not enough room for everybody to succeed. I've seen it. I've seen it at my gym. Brian, you know, I work at a really ritzy gym on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And, you know, predominantly the trainers are all black, right? And then for the most part, predominantly all the clients are white, right? But then you see members that are black and I always make a point to say what's up, right? right? Because I'm not seeing a lot of me in there as members, right? But then you start to kind of feel that sense that, oh, oh, they don't want to they don't want to speak. What what you think you better because you're a member and I work here. Right. So I really noticed that. And I and like we just got to do better. You know, we got to we pull each other up by the bootstraps, you know, like just because you feel like you made it or you're above like a certain class. Don't look down at the other black man trying to get to where you're at. Help that man out. And I and I and I don't want to think I don't want to say that it's only black culture because Spanish culture has this same thing, you know, with the whole colorism and Asian cultures have this same thing where, you know, it, and it kind of really starts with, you know, your appearance and your complexion. I think what's important to me to convey to the people is the adage of for me to succeed that someone else has to fail, I don't think that holds true. I think that if you're talented enough and if you work hard enough and if you are knowledgeable enough and you're willing to put the time in and grind and do the things that you need to do, I think that there is room at the top and there's space for everyone to succeed. You know, I think there's room for all of us to be excellent and you know, I just really want to focus on the term of black excellence, you know, and and black excellence doesn't necessarily mean that for for me to do well, you're not doing well or that I have to be better than you. You know, I think that if we we can all eat, we can all eat. There's room for everyone. 
but I do I do feel that it is improving and you know it's always so I just feel so good when I'm walking down the street and you know I speak to another black man that I don't know from Adam and you know he speaks back and you know, it's usually the older black generation, you know, like the 50s, 60s, where they speak, you know, and I just want to get to the point where, you know, the younger generation does the same thing. But that was a good topic, B. I mean, I, we definitely need more of that, my man. Um, so I have an interesting question for you. OK, what's up? Kind of, you know, still pertaining, pertaining to relationships. Okay. Right. OK. When you look at your possible significant other, right? You're kind of in the courting, you know, you kind of have your eye on her. Does her career affect your decision on pursuing it? So say for instance, she was a waitress at a coffee shop or a waitress at a restaurant, right? But then you have this other woman who's a doctor, right? Will you look at the doctor and feel like maybe I should go that route because she has a career? That's a good question, Russ. Uh, I feel like you got me in the hot seat a little bit, man. Uh, well, look, I think when it comes to any relationship, there are many facets to it. And there are multiple components to a relationship being successful. So... I would not just date a woman strictly and solely because she has a better job than someone else. You know, it has a lot to do with chemistry, with values, with attraction, but ambition and having a career is something that is very important as well. So if all things are equal and if it's between someone who has a great career and someone who is really just kind of starting out at this point in my life i would go with the person who has the more stable career and i think that answer now is different than it may have been when i was in my late 20s or even 30 years old. So I think it has to do with where I am now. Uh, at this point in my life, definitely looking for a partner, looking for someone who is, if not totally, completely established, someone who is at least on their, well on their way to being established. So I think that's that that's how I feel about that one. Because there are some guys who, who want to be the breadwinners and who don't care if their significant other has a career at all. And I am the type of guy who I more so am looking to have a partnership in a relationship. Okay. So let me give you a follow-up question, all right? So now, what if this woman makes more than you? How do you feel about your lady, right, making more than you? I have absolutely no problem with that. Uh <laughs> I have absolutely no problem with that. My my thing is if if my significant other has a career that just lends itself to making more money than my career does, that is not a knock on me and that's nothing to be ashamed of and that's nothing for me to feel intimidated about. You know, if I were to marry a doctor or a high powered lawyer who, you know, makes this huge amount of money, 
that is not a bad reflection on me. That person has went to school and has chosen a profession that is a lucrative profession that makes a, you know, more money necessarily than mine. Thankfully, I make a decent salary as well. So I'm no slouch, you know, but if, you know, my girlfriend or my significant other makes more money than me, then I would absolutely have no problem with that. What about you? You know what, B? I think that I have to tie in kind of me being a personal trainer, right? So being out in New York City, you know, now personal training has, you know, kind of turned its corner. Like I know personal trainers making six figures easy, right? With a flexible schedule, right? It wasn't always thought of that a personal trainer could make six figures, right? It was kind of like the stereotype that, oh, you're a trainer, you must be a dumb jock or you must be a jock that didn't make it, right? right. But training is no joke. I mean, now, you know, there's, there's scientific like findings, like you got to do your research about the human body. You got, you got to know what you're doing. You just can't just be some dumb jock that's training this like high powered athletes trying to make millions and millions of dollars, right? Just because you have a look. So I, I, I'm saying that because, you know, when I was first here in New York and I would tell, you know, women out and about, you know, of course the job, the course that that topic comes up, right? And, you know, so the first question in New York, right? And I don't know if it's like this in Chicago, but the first question is, oh, so what do you do? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a personal trainer. And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, where do you live? I live, I live in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're part of Brooklyn. So it's this putting you, putting the person in the box, right? Mm -hmm. So when I meet a young lady, I don't, ask what they do right because they are not what they do right so i don't care if if i'm into a girl and she is a waitress at a restaurant as long as i see some ambition some passion that is all i need right so so are you saying that you take exception with people asking because for for instance like when you know when i met my girlfriend yeah i ask where you live what you do but I'm not asking to try to put you in a box. I was just asking because I think you're trying to find like some kind of common ground, you know, like, oh, you live near me. We kind of live in the same neighborhood or, you know, what do you do? You know, because maybe that job will be related to mine. I never asked it for like a social status kind of question. I was just I think when you first meet someone, you're just kind of trying to find common ground. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I feel like there's different things that you can ask right? That's the easy question to ask. And that's what everybody falls back on. But, you know, a lot of the times I ask, where you from? This is your first time here. Oh, do you come here often? Mm -hmm. Like, so there's different ways to kind of get to know the person, right? So that I want those questions to come up organically. I don't want it to be like an inter interrogation, mm -hmm. right? Where, you know, what you do, where you live, and they're just kind of like, rambling it off and I, I feel like I'm being like interrogated. Right. So there's so many different ways to kind of get to know a person. So me, I, I really try to never look at somebody's career and let that be the determining factor on if I'm going to pursue them. I want to see that they're hardworking, that they have ambitious uh, ambition and they're aspiring for something more. And that this is just a part of them, but it's not who they are. OK, so let so let me put you in the hot seat because I feel like you kind of had me in the hot seat a little bit. So let me let me flip the 
let me flip the the the, the roles real quick. So I'm gonna give you three choices. Three choices, okay. and you can pick. Let me know All which right. one you would prefer. You can either be in a relationship with a woman who does not necessarily have a career to where you're going to be the breadwinner. You can choose to be in a relationship to where in terms of earning potential, you guys are about the same, you know, partner, you know, give or take, you know, a couple of dollars or whatever. You guys are pretty much partners or you can be in a relationship to where she makes more money than you. So which one would you choose? You make more money. There'd be a 50 50 uh, partnership or her making more? Which one would you feel more comfortable? Which relationship would you feel more comfortable being a part of? I would pick number two. Yeah. I would pick number two that I think I we would are I would pretty much the same in, in, in our financial life, right? Like we're pretty pretty much even. My, my mother made more than my father, you know, growing up and my father would get paid once a month. He worked for the state and my father would bring my mom his check right and then my mom would give him back a little bit of the money like his allowance right Right. but then she would use that money from him and put it in the joint account and that's you know paying bills and doing all that other stuff now it's not to say that my dad couldn't go out and buy a big ticket item but it was it was they was they sat down and they discussed it right so that's how i was raised and that's what i saw now, I don't have a problem dating a woman that makes more than me. I've actually dated women that make more than me, especially moving to New York where I was trying to get it, you know, get this personal train training thing popping. I had a woman that made more than me, but it didn't bother me. But I think sometimes, you know, women and men, if they make more, can throw it in their partner's face and kind of use it as like women versus with men kind of demasculate the man are the man making more than his wife or girlfriend they can kind of control mm. so, so you feel like because i mean that's one of the biggest ways on how you control somebody in a relationship is money so you feel like the money can be used as a power uh tool at some point oh yeah definitely you know definitely and you know i hear you know women out and about you know, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it comes from like Atlanta Housewives or, you know, these reality shows. But, you know, you get this sense that a woman wants to be taken care of. Right. All women want stability. They want to look at their man and, and feel like they're stable. Right. But then you have these women that just want to be taken care of by these men. And I just want to let you, you know, those women know, know what you're signing up for, you know, he has control and you know you're in the marriage two or three years and then he's just like an asshole he may be cheating on you he may not be the man that you thought it's harder to leave him because he has all the money Mm -hmm. i mean you don't even have enough money to, to hire a lawyer so just know you know to my women out there just know that just because a man's i take care of you it's not coming always from a good place. Right. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good point. I got a real quick story. Um, so I think you made a good point when you said to kind of know what you're signing up for. And I, I think you should know what you're signing up for if the man has a lot of money or if the man doesn't have a lot of money. I remember I was probably about 24, 25 years old and I went out on a date with a girl and I picked her up. It may have been like a 2000 Nissan Sentra, you know, not a not a uh, not a very flashy car. So 
picked her up. We went out to dinner. So we order our drinks. I order a beer. She orders a drink. The waiter asks for our orders and she orders off the menu. I'm very young. I'm like I said, I'm like 25 years old. I didn't even know what market price meant. She orders the lobster tail, which was market price. And it was like $40, you know, for the lobster tail. Granted, this was not that type of restaurant. Like this was like, this was like a Papados or something. Like everything on the menu is like 19 to 20, 20, $25 tops. She orders off the menu. The lobster tail was like $40. So of course I changed my order because I only had like $70. <laughs> so I changed my order from, I think I had got some kind of like strip <laughs> meal and you know, I changed to get the chicken, you know, cause we have a, had a conversation in the car and I talked about, I was going to order the shrimp and she was like, but I thought you wanted the shrimp. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, but I didn't know you were going to order the lobster tail. <laughs> so, then, so then, yo, we've all been there. Baby. Wait, so here's the kicker. So then the waiter looks at me. Granted, he had just brought our drinks. The waiter looks at me and says, another Corona. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yo, B, when I first moved to New York, man, like, I really thought that I wasn't wasn't going to get any love from the ladies, man, because I'm living with my brother. You know, I'm fresh out of uh, college, um, 25. Yeah, I took the scenic route in college, y'all. So, yeah, I'm 25. And I didn't really think that I was going to be getting much play from women. Right. But I did. And now I had to figure out how I was going to pay for these dates, right? So you talk about credit card, you know, ran up, B. I mean, yo, I went one time for drinks with this young lady. And for the people that haven't been to New York, they get you with the drink. Oh, yeah. They get you with the alcohol. Yo, we spent, B, we spent $90 just on drinks. $90. Easy. But, you know, she was she was attractive she was fine i was like yo i'm liking this and you know with us really to get to know the woman you gotta you gotta take them out right like i don't know how many women are gonna be like oh let's go to the park and get some ice cream and walk around they were like you know so you can do the walk in the park for an ice cream date once you get one time and then after that it's a wrap and then after that it's a wrap man so i've definitely been in a spot where i had to change my order because (laughs) because of what she ordered or i might have wanted another drink but you know underneath the table b i'm looking at my checking account like oh shit like i gotta get this all the way it's tuesday and i gotta make this money last till friday so i'm like okay well i must have some water it's like well you're not drinking anymore nah you know i'm good i'm cutting back i'm cutting back you know i'm cutting back but you know you know what though b B, i just want to say this is that being in that spot And now, you know, I'm doing so better financially. I mean, I'm one of those people where the 2020 really did right by me just because, you know, I went to, you know, working for a gym where they take most of the money to just doing everything on my own because the gyms were closed. Right. So, you know, your boy had a big come up in 2020, man. So, you know, now it feels good to, you know, help out the girl that I'm dating or have the money to be like, no, I got it because I'm a very generous person. Right. When I have it. But if I don't have it, then I can't be generous. And it would be nice to just get a little bit of like sympathy, you know, 
not to feel sorry for me just because i understand that yo this is one of the most expensive the most expensive city in the country right yeah i agree i agree well i think that was a good topic russ so let's uh let's transition to what has become a staple of our show and it's definitely one of my favorite parts i think you enjoy it as well it's the voicemails uh, the voicemail man yes we need to get so me and b been talking and i'm gonna kind of give you guys a little insight on our production meetings and you know i can't wait till we have like a little like rain or a little music tone for the voice <laughs> okay yeah we could definitely work on that um first of all russ shout out to the people who have sent us the voicemails because we work very hard to make this a good show and an enjoyable show but when you guys send in your voice messages to us you guys are a part of the show and you guys are actually you guys play a huge part in making the show what it is so thank you to every single person who takes the time out of their busy schedules to send us voicemails and to participate in our show so and and and, and just to let me put this in b like i think for the people that you know are listening thank you again but me and brian can talk we can definitely talk, but sometimes we need help, right? So send in voicemails, send in topics that, you know, you guys want to hear us talk about, you know, or give your opinion on one of the topics that we discuss. So we definitely appreciate those voicemails. So what you got for me, B? What Absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to give out the address, the email address for people who would like to send those voicemails in. So the email address is from NYC to the shy at gmail.com. That is from f-o-r-m-n-y-c-t-o-t-h-e-c-h-i at gmail.com once again f-r-o-m-n-y-c-t-o-t-h-e-c-h-i at gmail.com so our first voicemail sounds like this oh it's your boy tim aka brahma bull underscore 12 just want to give you guys a congratulations for this podcast from new york to the shots definitely been great i've been rocking with it since episode one a few things i want to touch base on was the top five rappers i think that you guys rappers list was good i think things are can be interchanged uh, it's a few rappers that can make a top five list that may be underrated i think buster luda kendrick j cole are all great rappers. I think a lot of people sleep on Big Sean. I believe the number one slept on artist that you guys didn't mention was Eminem. He is metaphoric. He can tell a story. He'll body you. He bodied Jay on Renegade. No rappers trying to battle Eminem. He's definitely a top five artist. Um, I'm one of the few black men who received a COVID vaccination. Just want to let you guys know, just let the world know that nothing crazy's happened. I had the Moderna shot. I work in a healthcare setting, so I did receive it at a hospital. Um, so just to let people know who's on the fence about getting vaccinated, um, I'm fine and I'm okay. Next, I think you guys made a great point with the mental health. I know everyone can't afford mental health at this time. Uh, just a few things that you can do at home or on your own, things that I like to do is to think positive. So listen to positive music, gospel music, maybe motivational speaking. Um, try to be forgiving, forgive yourself, exercise, and just put yourself in other people's shoes and try to understand the situation. Last thing I want to just know from you guys, what are your top five must-dos at the gym? I know women and men are going to the gym trying to knock off COVID weight, knock off holiday weight. What are the five things that you guys have to do? Is it push-ups? Is it pull-ups? Like, what are you guys always doing? Thank y'all, brothers. Continue to do great. Talk to y'all. That was good, man. 
Thank you, man. That was a great call, Tim. Thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you, Tim. Love that call. Tim, Russ, Tim gave us a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, that's what you call a very thorough, in-depth call. Let me address the first topic when it comes to the top five rappers. First of all, Tim, I agree with everything that you said. I agree with all of the the J. Cole, the Kendricks, the, you know, the underrated rappers, Big Sean, all of the people who we did not name and put in our top five, though those are great rappers and I love all of them. When it comes to Eminem, I totally agree. He is a technician, he is a lyricist, and there are few people who could rival Eminem when it comes to who when it comes to lyricism and being a rap technician. My only issue with Eminem is that I like music. I can ride to Russ. I like music. I like to get in the car and I just like to throw on some music that I can just relax and ride to. And Eminem, I have never in my life just put on Eminem music to just ride to. I've every time I've listened to Eminem, it was just because I was either at the gym, I needed to get pumped, I was going for a run, I I wanted I needed that that angry, that angry energy. And that's when I listened to him. But I never really listened to him to just chill or just play when I'm in the house, you know, lounging. So that's my only issue with Eminem. You know, I think he his music is for a very situational his music is very situational for me whereas you know other artists i can put on at any time so that that's my feelings on that when it comes to to his top five rappers but totally agree agree with his uh choices for top five rappers and also underrated rappers that we didn't mention oh yeah definitely man i'm a huge fan of kendrick i'm a huge friend uh fan of j cole those are like my favorite rappers and you know, I, I didn't put them in the top five just because they're still pretty new, right? So, but they're definitely, arguably, when their career, you know, is over, that you could put them in that top five, man, because they put out straight fire, man. And and it's it's uh, conscious rap too, right? So I like what they're rapping about because, you know, rapping about women and rapping about how much money you have or, you know, gangster stuff. Uh, that's not that's not me i want something to listen to that's going to inspire me and, and make me think um so i like to little touch up on you know the eminem thing i i am a fan of eminem and i have listened to you know his albums you know all the way through and i rock with eminem like you said i mean he is a lyricist technician right so much props to Eminem. And I, you know, I wasn't always sold on Eminem because when he came out, you know, he's a white guy, right? So you have that whole situation. But then you had to sit back and really listen and the fire and the people that he's working with that respect him, you know, from the Dre's to the 50s and, you know, all these people that, you know, have given Eminem the stamp. And and I, I'm a fan of Eminem. I didn't put him in my top five, but I can definitely rock out to some Eminem. But I wanted to touch up on, you know, Tim asked, like, what's the the five most important exercises to do? So if you were to pick like five exercises be that you could only do for the rest of your life. A lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people come to the gym and they just see other people doing exercises and they may mimic it, those exercises, but not really knowing what that exercise is supposed to do or where you should feel that exercise working. Right. So, you know, to the people out there, I'm going to I'm going to give a different way to think about the top five exercises that you should do. OK, so 
you want to think about movement patterns. Okay. So you can really only do like five movement patterns. So you have the pull. Okay. You have the push, right? You have the squat, you have the hinge, you have the lunge. And I said five, but I'm going to say six because you have the carry, right? There's no other movement patterns that the human body can do, right? So, you know, of course your pull could be, you know, the pull-ups that Tim mentioned, which is a great exercise because with everybody, especially now, everybody's doing the, the virtual, virtual work, right? So it was bad before the COVID, right? People at their desk and kind of bent over. So now you have the shoulders that are going forward and your chest is tight because of the position of you typing at your desk. And now your back is like stretched because you're not working your back, right? So I always advise people, if you're going to the gym, you want to think about a two to one ratio, right? Since you're already tight in the chest, you want to do two back exercises to one chest exercise, right? Because in order for us to get back to a more erect posture, you got to work those back muscles. So push and pull, right? So a push would be a push up, right? A pull could be pull ups, okay? So now what do we do every day? We sit down and we get up. That's a squat, right? That's another movement pattern that we're doing, right? So you can definitely throw in a squat in one of those exercises, right? And you can squat in so many different ways. It doesn't always have to be your feet hip width apart, you know, make sure everything's correct. You can do a split stance squat. It's just going up, fighting gravity, coming back up and going down against it, right? So squat, deadlift. Think about picking something up. So that's the hinge pattern. Okay, so you th that's the movement pattern called the hinge where you push your hips back, you drop your chest, and then you push your hips forward to come back up, right? Deadlift, okay? Another great one is your core, right? So there's people out there with lower back issues and the stronger core you have, the stronger you're gonna be all around, right? And the core is not just your abs, all right? Your core makes up your whole central part of your body, right? So think lower back, think abs, think glutes, think thighs. It's your center, right? So the stronger you are in that area of your body, the 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 better you're going to be able to, you know, stave stage off injuries and just feel stronger throughout, okay? So what do we do when we walk? We lunge, right? It is a a lunge pattern right? If that other foot, if I take a step, right? It's like a fall. If I don't take a step, I'm going to fall, right? So I step with my left and I'm going to step with my right. If that right doesn't come up, I'm falling on my face, right? So we go up steps. That's kind of like a lunge. So, you know, have some kind of lunge movement in there, right? It could be a front lunge. It could be a reverse lunge. It could be a side lunge, right? So, you know, you want to kind of get out of what we kind of we, we move in sagittal and most of the exercises are sagittal right and that's where the line splits you in half side lunges would be frontal we're not moving side to side laterally right unless we're playing basketball football and sports but once we get out of that 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 field of playing sports you're pretty much walking forward and that's it right so you have to test that and then the last thing it's carry. So you want to work on like your farmer walks or your rack position uh, walks. And that's being able to carry something and still have, you know, shoulders pulled back, 
head on top of shoulders and be able to walk and be able to carry something without, you know, jeopardizing and, and falling into your chest and head for it. So those are the top five things or six movements that you should do. So when you go into the gym, think more about movement patterns and what exercises meet those movement patterns mm, that's good advice for us that's a lot i didn't a lot of stuff that you just said that was totally new to me and i've been working out forever so uh thank you for that for that information that's that's really good information yeah thanks b man and thanks tim for for that question because you know everybody you know once this pandemic is over you know a lot of people are going to be a few pounds heavier than what they were going into it so you know if you can kind of have some kind of idea on what you should do in the gym and hopefully my answer helped you kind of figure it out all right but you guys can always call in and ask me questions because you know i love talking about fitness is what i do absolutely yeah and if anyone has any questions uh you can hit rusted on this instagram or you can just send it to what the email you don't necessarily have to send just a voice message but it is an email address so you can send an email to from nyc to the shy at gmail.com if you have any further workout questions as well. So I just wanted to say real quick, because I talked about core, but the exercise that you could do with a core, that's a great one, right? Is bird dogs. Okay. And if you don't know what bird dogs are, you can look it up on YouTube or type it in your Google search and it will come up. So bird dogs, a great one. Okay, cool. And and what about the the mental health? Did you want to touch on the, on, uh, the mental health as well, Russ? We didn't really list any sites where you can go and get affordable uh, mental mental health or like speak with a therapist but you know if you type in affordable therapy mental health therapy a lot of sites will pop up a lot of sites will pop up pop up I, I that was one of my reasons that i never tried therapy because i thought it was so expensive but you know there's a lot of you know um websites and and apps that will work with what you make and i know tim also said that he worked in the healthcare sector so uh shout out to you tim for for just helping uh keep uh, everyone healthy and for, you know, definitely working in a very difficult field during this coronavirus crisis. So keep in touch with us. Let us know how you're doing once you get that second coronavirus vaccine. And um, thank you for letting us know, because we did talk about vaccines in the black community. So knowing that you're a black man who got the coronavirus vaccine, uh, I think that's that's very interesting. And, you know, we spoke we need people to get this vaccine if we're going to build up the herd immunity to cure this virus uh you know we definitely need people to get the vaccine so thank you for the information that was a great call and uh we appreciate it yeah so you know i just wanted to kind of end the show and you know i just wanted to ask you b like what's your what's your quotes that you you know live by or to get you through when you're feeling a little down or if you're going through some hardships what are some of the quotes that you you refer to that kind of help you get out of that that state that you're in i was wrecking my brain the other day i was trying to remember where i got this quote from and i can't remember it's either from the book the alchemist by paulo coelho or it was from this book called the laws of spirit by dan millman i can't remember which one but the quote was everything is difficult until it's easy and i live by that quote because Whenever we start something new, whenever we embark on a new endeavor, there's always this a steep learning curve. Tasks can be very daunting when you're at the very onset and at the very beginning, and it seems like you're never going to be able to master it 
or get to a point to where you're competent and proficient in it. So I think by always remembering that everything is difficult until it's easy. So basically just meaning when you start something, everything is always hard, but then it gets a little bit less hard, a little bit less hard. And then all of a sudden, whether it's months later or days later or years later, at some point that task that you thought was so hard that you would never be able to master, all of a sudden you're doing it like a snap of the finger and it's like super easy. So just knowing that you have to start somewhere at the very beginning, but knowing that where you're finished is going to be very different from where you start is very important. No, I like that. And it kind of, you know, is on the same kind of idea as my favorite quote. My favorite quote is something that gets me through. And when I start to kind of feel down on myself, but it's from Maya Angelou, right? May, may she rest in peace. But it's you do better when you know better, right? I think so many times that we, we, we are so hard on ourselves because we made this this decision or this thing happened well we didn't know better right? right but now when you know better you do better now if you know better and you're still making those silly mistakes then that's another issue but that's definitely one of my favorite quotes my angelo may she rest in peace my second favorite quote i got this quote from my mom and and she would instill this in me when i was a kid it's it could always be worse so I really try to hold on to that, you know, when I'm feeling down and, you know, we we are both truly so blessed. A lot of people don't make it to our age. A lot of people, you know, don't have the successes that we too share. So absolutely. I love both of those quotes. Uh, the first one, I'm glad you actually point that out because I I have always known that quote, when you know better, you do better. I think in the black community, you hear that all the time. You know, that's a, a very prevalent quote, but I didn't know that that was my Angela quote. So I, I'd been hearing it all these years, but never knew where it came from. Uh, so I love that quote. And and the, the second one, it could always be worse. Man, I tell myself that all the time because it could always be worse no matter what your situation is as long as you are still living and breathing it could get worse so you know it, 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 i think it's just very important to keep things in perspective and a person's perspective has a lot to do with how you look and how you feel about a situation so when you have the perspective that it could be worse than what you're dealing with I think that allows you to hunker down and just focus on the task that you have at hand and not just focus on the gravity and how big it is. Because when you know that it could be worse, it gives you the focus to just focus on what you have to deal with at that moment. So absolutely, that's one of those quotes, I mean, for life that are so that is so practical. And you can use that quote every single day of your life and just knowing that it could always be worse. So love both of those quotes right. for us. I want to give a big shout out to Amanda Gorman. She became the youngest inaugural poet in U.S. history, right? So she's following Maya Angelou's, you know, path and, you know, big shout out to her. I haven't I haven't listened to her um, her speech yet, her, her poetry, but I definitely will be checking it out later this evening. I mean, everybody's been saying that she did an amazing job. So shout out to you, Amanda. Well, 
Russ, another good show. That's show number six in the books, man. Six, man. Yo. <laughs> wow, man. We're doing our thing, man. It's, this is this is fun. And again, like we guys, we can't thank you guys enough who, who are listening and who are, you know, reaching out to me, you know, through DMs or text messages and really supporting the show. Russ, as always, what should people do if they want to support the show? Besides listening, what's what is the second best way that they can do to support us? They should subscribe. Now, I have a question for you, B, because this is a question that one of our listeners asked. And I appreciate the question because I really didn't have the answer. Okay. But should they subscribe on all the platforms or is this mainly just one? Because that was her question. She's like, well, I subscribed on Spotify. Do I need to subscribe on all the rest of them? More subscriptions help, right? That is a absolute, that's a great question. That Thank you so much for that question. Uh, subscribe on all the platforms because what happens is when you subscribe that allows more people to be able to be aware of the show because the more subscriptions the more follows and the more subscriptions you have the more they promote the show and the higher they put it on their platform so the more visible it will be on their platform you know sometimes you go to the uh spotify and it'll have a list of podcasts for you to check out same thing with Apple Music. So the more subscriptions that you have and the more follows that you have, the more visible our show will be and the easier it will be for other people to find. So uh, great question. Please subscribe on all the platforms. And also, in addition to subscribing, tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Because, you know, that question does come up a lot, right? So, you know, now before it was like, yo, what shows are you watching? And we discussed that in a previous show, right? But one of the most popular questions now what podcast are you listening Absolutely. to? Absolutely. Yes. Right? So, you know, for our listeners, you got to tell them from New York to the shy. And, and we are evolving. We are growing and developing and we are coming up with more topics that are more well-rounded topics that are more all encompassing, not just for women, but also for men. We have light topics. We have serious topics. You know, we just want to give the people topics that they will enjoy and topics that are relevant to today's society. So this is the From New York to the Shop podcast. We thank you all so much for listening. And as we always say, peace and blessings. Peace and blessings, everybody. We see you guys on the next show. Have a good week. Acknowledgement to the most high God invents. That boy so lyrical. That girl so material. Song so spiritual, man. Beauty for ashes. Time passes. White flashes. Blackberry molasses. Young Cassius, so watch your tone. Nothing real can be destroyed. Let the fake be known. Killers. Laser.